0: Hello and welcome to Fears About Smears, the podcast that's talking all cervical smear screening and grief. Today I have a special guest, so I'd like to introduce a very good friend, Becky Dillon. Say hello, Becky. Hello. Um, This is a first in terms of having a guest Uh, and I'm also a little bit, uh, what's the word, um nervous about the fact, and Becky should be nervous too because Becky, what do you do as a hobby in relation to podcasts?
1: I write little reviews about podcasts for a little magazine called pod Bible, little shameless plug there.
0: Uh, so it? yes guys uh, Becky will be rating her own podcast
1: <laughs> <laughs> so
0: Becky, we start with an icebreaker because this mm-hmm. is fears about smears so, mm-hmm. The first thing I'm going to ask you is, I call mine a fairy. What do you call your fanny? <laughs>
1: um, I don't know, actually. Uh Vag.
0: Vag. <laughs> nice.
1: <laughs> Better than yeah. my fairy. Yeah,
0: well, yeah. whatever you like. Whatever you like. Okay. And more importantly, you are a lady in her... Careful. So, you are Mm -hmm. eligible for cervical screening. Have you had a smear test?
1: I have regularly and And, always have.
0: And you are up to date?
1: I am up to date, yes. Um, I believe it was two years ago now, uh, my last results letter and and smear. And it actually came in really quickly. It, It says normally up to four weeks but it actually came within about a week or two weeks so the results just to say but it's fine
0: good good and how do you feel about going for smear tests do you put them off when you get your letter do you book them straight away
1: Um, I actually am one of those people I do book them straight away because I don't have a problem with them at all Um, and it's not because I'm like oh I'm really worried about the fact that I might have cervical cancer it's just something that i just see as like going to the dentist or you just it's something you have to do because it will help you know it, it might i don't know it's just like upkeep
0: yeah just <laughs> just body. like a little <laughs> tick box of things to do like yeah. to the dentist um yeah. and have you got any top tips that women should do before they go so you know like mine were, book one for in the morning, mm. so you're not all smelly. Mm. Uh, do you have anything that you can add to the list of things that we need to do?
1: Um, I, Yeah, just generally. I think you've covered it, but things like, sometimes I've had to do it when I've either, well, it's normally when I'm going to work. So although I'm fresh from my shower in the morning, I also, I've it's like in the winter, I've, I've often got tights on and that's really annoying to have to, when they pull that little curtain across and you're just stood in there and you're pulling your tights off and, and all that. Um, it's just, it's fine. It's just more of a faff, isn't it?
0: What um, do you do with your pants?
1: I I do what you do, which is I fold them. <laughs> I fold them inside all my little paraphernalia that I've taken off and put it on a chair.
0: Why do we do that? Chair.
1: I don't know. I just don't, it's like, I don't want the nurse to see my pants. And it's not for me actually i don't want her to see it and be embarrassed which is so stupid because she's a nurse and she's literally putting a spectrum in my badge in a in a mere second yeah
0: nice (laughs) nice yeah okay so we're okay with smears we encourage the women to go for them yeah we've not had any bad experiences
1: no not so far touch wood
0: good good so the reason why i got you here today is because unfortunately you lost your dad seven years ago
1: yes
0: and he also battled with cancer Mm. and unfortunately lost his fight so you I have been with you for that journey Mm. um, as a work colleague and friend
1: yeah
0: and therefore when my mum started to go through her battle and unfortunately lost hers with cervical cancer you were there for me so I thought it might be a good time for you to tell me what I'm going to go through and how it's going to get better if it does get better because I'm only two months in and you're seven, seven years down the line. Yeah.
1: Um...
0: But it feels like only yesterday a bit as yeah.
1: well. Yeah. Uh, and it will. It, it it's. Um, I see it as a journey of peaks and troughs. And um, you will go, you'll have days where, I'd say in the first couple of months, I'd say most of the days are fairly the same in that I had this thing where I'd wake up every morning and that split second of between awake and asleep when you completely forget. And I used to get every single morning that wave of awfulness where it would be the reality that dad's gone in the morning in that first second of awakeness. And then, um, but what you do is you just, obviously you have to go back to work if you're working and you have to just try and crack on. And it does help because as much as like, I feel like in the first few months, you really, well, I did. I sort of wanted to dwell on it and I wanted to wallow in it because I felt like if I did that, then he wouldn't go away and he wouldn't disappear from my heart or from my mind. Yeah. But I know that that's not true. And like, it's just something you do to sort of try and protect yourself Um, because you just don't want them to go. It's that I think there's an urgency about the grief in the first couple of months. Um, where you do all you can to remember their voice, their smell, their image. Um, And if you are seen not to be crying or thinking about them, it's like, well, then they're gone. So that, I'd say, is like the first part of the cycle. And then it is completely the old adage, which everyone says, but it's completely true, which is time. And yes, grief will be different for people in the first stages because we are different we're very, very good friends, but we also know we, that we're very different people in how we deal with like emotions and stuff. So you might deal with it differently to me in the first stages, but I think whoever you are and whatever you, however you deal with emotions, time is the same for everybody. And it does heal a lot of things. And it just sounds so cliche, but just like a wound, it does heal like a wound, but you'll always have that scar. So seven years on, Um, Yes, sometimes I do cry about him because I miss him. Um, But it's just that you learn every day to... It's more about learning how to cope without them and that habit of seeing them and having access to them. Um, So, yeah, as I say, you are different, so I don't know whether you will go through exactly the same journey, but I think that it's a fair of assessment of a general uh, grief pattern i would say
0: if there was something someone could have told you when you first lost your dad that actually didn't seem true at the time you sort of would hold on to is it just the time thing that it will
1: get better yeah it is i know there isn't you know a, a really um kind of wow uh thing to say here it is just the the time thing because and, and I've, I've tried to be really careful with you that actually the truth is that sometimes you don't want to hear the things that people tell you in this stage um because you think like i'm sure you did and i did with other people who'd lost their parents spoke to me in your head at that point you're like i don't care about your pain like it's my dad i've lost my dad and this is the most important thing, you have no idea, this is awful, like, because you just think that, that it's, it's the worst thing that's ever happened to you. So I think that's why I've been careful not to sort of be like, oh, Danny, this, that, and the other, because you don't really probably want to hear it at the moment, but you will look back, I, I guarantee you, and, and know that, that, that time does pass, and the, the pain does get better, and it eases.
0: Um, there are sort of I, 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 the only way I can describe it is side effects of grief that you don't you don't even sort of no one talks about or mm. you don't so obviously you've lost somebody, they're mm. not here anymore, mm. you can't call them, you can't speak to them. So you've got that sort of time and space that you have to try and fill mm. the habits that you mm-hmm. had with that person. Mm. But there are other things and we've talked about this before. Um, dreams,
1: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah.
0: You you talk. Um, you've always talked about the dreams that you have with your dad. Mm. That at the beginning, I presume, were more often.
1: Yeah, they were and... often, and they were really like painful and like quite visceral, like quite because. I mean, grief is like it's it's a whole spectrum, but I think particularly if you've lost to or or anyone who um, cancer where it's been um, that horrible journey uh, or process at the end, should I say? And you've actually been there with them. Um, I think I mentioned this to you before. I actually think that it's trauma. It's, it's uh, if you sit around that bed, um, in that awful part. It's something you'll never ever forget, and you'll, it, it's trauma that it, that has an effect on you forever. Um, so at the beginning it's really yeah the dreams were horrific because you're basically you're trying to deal with something really horrible that you've seen that you shouldn't really no one really should have to watch someone that you love go through that pain and have to say goodbye Um, but then as time goes on again it's your way of dealing with what you're yeah about getting letting them go like I said I still often have dreams, well not often, now and again if he comes up if something happens I'll have a dream about him but now they'll be sort of the ones I have now which are the the common ones he's always in my dream but he doesn't know that he's died but I do and so they are quite upsetting actually but it's like because I've accepted it now but like in my dream he's like still talking about um Oh, getting treatment but I know that the treatment doesn't work and it's just really hard it's just weird and horrible but I think it's just it's just I think it's good because obviously it means that I know that he has and it, even in my dreams yeah. I know he has so it's definitely a reality for me now um but yeah it's just I know that you've been having them as well haven't you
0: yeah I've been having I've been having dreams about my mom But also just nightmares Mm. that aren't related to my mom that i presume like you say are attached to the trauma and the stages that i'm going through really weird horrible dreams about my ball popping out and just random Mm. horrible nightmares that i wouldn't usually have Mm. um but i think what's weird is because at first i the first few weeks, I was really struggling to sleep. No, that's a lie. I wasn't struggling to sleep. I could go to sleep fine. Wine helps. Yeah. That's good to say. <laughs> um, but then I was just—it was like my body clock had just changed. I was waking up at four, four thirty every morning, um, and couldn't get back to sleep. Um, sometimes it was earlier. Sometimes it was later. And now that it seems that my sleep is getting better it's now been interrupted by the dreams yeah. that I remember when I wake up Yeah. so, so like everything it's, as you said at the beginning it's a journey so it's obviously a cycle of what I'm currently going through yeah. um, and it, I, I suppose it's like you want to go to sleep in case you get that dream and then yeah. they come back to you yeah.
1: yeah that's exactly because as much as some of them were horrible um, even the horrible ones I would literally in the first months I would absolutely treasure them because I would wake up and uh, and feel like he'd he'd been there and I'd I, I, yeah. and I'd been able to see him again. It's that you know that people say don't they? I'll see you in see you in your dreams and I, whether mm-hmm. you believe in that sort of stuff or not, it's completely up to you and whatever works for you. Um, and it's not like I went to sleep thinking oh please let me dream of my dad, but when I did and he was there and I felt his like essence, it was like a treat because um, I just felt like I'd had a connection to him again and I suppose like with you yeah like you don't know what you're going to be dreaming at the moment but if you do get that little if she visits you you know it's yeah, yeah it's precious
0: outside of dream state mm. um, when mom was going through her chemo she talked she'd lost her mom when she was mm, in her early 50s and her mom was in her 80s um, and and Sometimes, not very often, because mom didn't talk about the C word at all. Uh, sometimes she'd just say, if she knew she was going to be fine. And I don't, she didn't mean she was going to be fine as in she was going to survive. She just knew that when the worst happened, she was going to be fine because she'd felt her mom with her
1: right.
0: a lot during that time. Yeah. Do you ever feel like your dad's with you? Um, sometimes. I
1: mean, I think I did more at the beginning, and I don't know whether that was because I wanted him to be. Yeah. And it's because I'm not um, I'm not, as you know, I'm not like hugely religious, but I'm also. But I don't know. I'm. I'm spiritual in other ways, I guess, but I don't. Don't really. I don't really know what I believe, but I think I do think that if I'm thinking about it really logically the reason I used to feel like he was there was because I wanted him to be there Mm. and do you know what if that was a comfort for me then that's fine I think that whatever helps you um I think going into the like now though and I don't think this is because I I don't know maybe it is because I want him to be there but like I don't know if something happens like when I got made redundant or I feel really sad I do sort of um I will just say out like oh you know dad but I think that's something that everyone does don't they and it's a comfort Um, and you know the whole thing with like Robin's I always like like to think that he's uh, there when I get a little Robin come and visit me Um, but you know what I think they are there Um, and again this probably goes against what we just said not being spiritual but I think what I think I think as long as you still keep their love in your heart and in your head and in your soul. And I think they are there always, they're in you.
0: And you are part, when it's your parents, you are part of them always, aren't you? Yeah,
1: I have a piece of daddy. You know, I've got essence of dad. So things I do now at work or, you know, if I like give advice to a friend, because my dad was quite like that, I feel like I'm sort of channeling dad. And as long as, you know, I just think, I like to think basically that they're everywhere. they're they're sort of my thing was um I I like to think that dad was sort of in the bit between where the sun meets the water (laughs) um which is why I love sunsets and why I love sun and I love the water and I love the sea and I went on holiday um with um an ex-partner just after dad died and um it was really magical not because of my ex (laughs) Uh, because um I was really grieving dad but I was there where the sun was all the time and we went out on boats and I just literally was obsessed with this that bit where you feel like the edge of the world is where the sun meets the water and I just kept on gazing into it and just feeling the glisten yeah and I I remember feeling really and I still do now even if I'm in Beacon Park and it's on the lake I feel really um it makes me feel really content and calm because i whether it's it's obviously it might be mumbo jumbo to other people but i just think yeah there you are there you are yeah yeah
0: no i get i get that and my mom was a a sun worshiper and Mm. she lived her holidays um and at the weekend when we had that little bit of warmth i just sat in my garden with the sun on Mm. me and just felt calm yeah um yeah which is you know you have to find these little
1: yeah
0: pieces of sort of contentment yeah. sort of with it. it is in in the comfort the, as well yes mm. in in because everything else is just so well and for awful. me at the moment just so raw yeah. yeah yeah and awful yeah um so tell me a little bit we can't we can't just talk about death we have to talk about dashing himself (laughs) tell me tell me about dashing Uh, and why he's called dashing he's
1: called dashing because (laughs) you named him dashing um because you think you thought he was a dashing fella uh he certainly was (laughs) he was a little bit um okay when i say richard (laughs) Madeley, he was a little bit reminiscent of richard Madeley's hair i guess a little bit he had the same like uh, he's like tossed with Nigel Havers yeah Nig- Nigel Havers uh yeah and a bit of um Richard Bailey, and also he did have Richard Bailey's like foot in mouth disease which is saying <laughs> the wrong thing always at the wrong time uh like when my auntie introduced her new husband my dad for the whole lunch literally kept on calling him by her ex-husband's name <laughs> Uh, It's not. He did. He did not do it on purpose. He just can't help himself being a bit of a div like me, which is where I feel like I take after him. Um, Yeah, he was funny. Uh, He was. He was really caring. He was calming. Um, He used to. If there was anything that I needed, like I don't know, stuff to do with work, or if I needed a new job or my mortgage, he'd like always be like, right go and sit at the kitchen table. We always have to sit at the kitchen table. <laughs> and he'd get a pen and paper and Yeah. But yeah, he was, you know, he was he get he had a bit of a temper, um, which mellowed in his older age. I think he liked children older rather than when we were younger. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and yeah he was he was a good a very good dad. Um they all have their flaws. But um, yeah. otherwise, you know, we wouldn't be human. But he was, um, yeah, he was special because I was close to him. I was a, I'd like say, a daddy's girl or whatever. But I was, we used to talk um, a lot, you know, um, just normally to talk through things. And I just really valued his opinion. And mm. yeah, um, and him and mum were just a great team, really. So although he was it's like I mean I was 30 no I turned 31 when he passed away but that still felt really really early for me to lose such an important force in my life um, so um, even though he was 67 and I know people might say oh well you know that's it's not old no mum no, really 66 it's yeah, not old It's not, especially of course it's not for you because you're i'm the baby of the family so it really felt like i'd lost my dad you know like yeah um and it's not an age so it's it's hard but then it doesn't matter what age it really doesn't it's hard whatever
0: yeah so when he did pass Mm. did you fit so when mom died i don't know why my mom always wore a necklace and i've never worn a necklace like I wear them when I go out, but I've never worn one every day because yeah. they do my head in and it annoys me. And yeah. I've never been a necklace wearer.
1: Yeah.
0: But when she died, I had to buy myself a necklace. Right. And I wear I don't take it off. Like yeah. I remember and and it's funny because I want to call my mum and go, Did you really wear it in the shower? Yeah. And when you exercise and when you you know, yeah. obviously she's not here so I can't ask her. But it's it's it was like a compulsion. I had to mm. had to go I had to get a necklace, had to do it, have to wear it. Mm. And now I I do, I wear mm. it all the time doesn't bother me at all was there anything that you felt like an urge or anything that you needed to do um I
1: don't I don't think there was really I I mean there wasn't like I didn't start anything like I'd always done my race for life even when he was alive because he battled cancer for four years before he actually passed away um so I continued to do the race for life um the only thing I did do which I it wasn't a compulsion but then it it became something that I really took comfort from each week was when I was on Facebook I used to do this thing on a Friday called Song for Dad on a Friday where I'd choose a song um, and then I'd write a little blurb about why I'd chosen it like I don't know this song reminds me of Dad dancing to Bruce Springsteen in the kitchen when I was eight and um, I did that for one year just a year because I felt like that was enough and it was when after the year, I was like, it felt natural for me to stop doing that, and it was probably just a way for me to channel my grief. Yeah, and um, it really helped because music was really important to my dad, like hugely important, and um, she's where I get my musical taste from, like Rolling Stones and all that. Um, and Bob Dylan, obviously. Yeah, um, so yeah, there wasn't anything, and the only thing I sort of kept that I and I still got is like, I kept. I, I had a jumper from him and i have that and at the beginning i used to literally like smell it all the time and mm. stuff and that but yeah i've still kept it i mean it probably doesn't have any smells left but it's like you know a comfort isn't it so, yeah. yeah yeah it is. do you think you're trying to channel your mom then with wearing that necklace well, i don't or know. feel like you're closer to her
0: i really don't know I just she was always, she was always, she always wore one. She used to have, I remember her wearing a yellow gold one with a cross on, mm. and then she changed it for a diamond necklace, which has gone to her niece, uh, my niece, her granddaughter, because she nicknamed her nanny necklace. Yeah. Um, and don't you know, I've got jewellery that was of hers, um, and it's not like I want to wear her jewellery. No it's just I just felt like I needed yeah. to wear a necklace yeah no I can't even explain it yeah it was as I say it's like an urge to do something yeah and so I'd have and you yeah. know next month I might not wear it I don't know yeah yeah um the, the and the obviously the only other thing was I just wanted to try and raise some awareness about mm. smear tests because for whatever reason and I don't know and we'll never know my mum never went for one Mm. Um, and if she had, it could have saved her life So I know, I know and that, That's why we're, we're here today Yeah,
1: it's, I think um, it's fabulous What you're doing
0: Thank you um, In terms of grief Do you feel like It's talked about in us Or do you feel like People didn't want to talk to you or, or tried to sort of Not ignore you but sort of st- stay away from you a little bit because they were frightened of talking to you?
1: Um, yes and no. I think... Uh, yes, I think some people may have steered clear, but I think that... And I think I'm saying this now with hindsight, that because you have to understand other people and where they come from. And, and I think actually to respect the fact that some people do that, not because they're horrible, but... They find things like that really difficult themselves to address and not really know how to cope with someone else's pain, which is a really hard thing to do. Um, so, yeah, I think there was some times of reluctance. And I I, because I'm like this anyway, but some, I, I didn't want to be I didn't want to be too like, oh, I'm crying too much. Sorry to like my friends or sorry, I'm crying again or sorry, I'm calling you in tears again. Um, But I think it's probably, like, related a little bit to what we're all talking about now, which is mental health and making sure that we can talk about it, which is, yeah, it probably shouldn't be a stigma at all, like mental health shouldn't be a stigma, and that if you're struggling, because grief is a struggle in some form or another, it's just that you'd like to think that you come out of grief because it's a stage, not a sort of, hopefully, you know, like a chronic thing that you're suffering from. Uh, mentally Um, but it's still the same you should still be able to talk about it and not feel like you're burdening someone or you're you know bringing the mood down or something but I think if you've got friends that are good friends then that shouldn't be the problem and you should you'll know when to pick your safe spaces to talk about Mm -hmm. stuff like that Um, I think I think the only place where it might be something that isn't controlled is like the workplace but then like like mental health it should be also readily uh, addressed that you might have a bad day and that's okay in the workplace um, within you know not, I think you've got to get through it because otherwise you'll just wallow forever but also you will have days where you might burst into tears or you might have a really bad day and I think that yeah the workspace should be somewhere where it shouldn't be seen as a burden, or or like, oh, that person's like, oh, I don't know about them, you know, they're not really pulling their weight, sort of thing. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: And I think that in seven years, like you say, the mental health awareness has mm. has so grown, and people talk about it more. Yeah. So yeah, I suppose grief is, as you say, almost like a, a mental health issue for a, yeah. for a, for a time yeah. and maybe you know if it when it doesn't go away and you do see people that are affected that's when you know talking is more important isn't it to, yeah. to flag it and try and get them help them yeah. along their journey
1: yeah because depending on what who you've lost I mean although it's so painful for us I know it is it's still natural at some point we would lose our parents yes yeah. you know I can't imagine the grief of someone that's had um a stillbirth or mm. as any you know son or daughter or or um where it's just devastating yeah. beyond words um so yeah it, it should just be so open and and people should be able to express how they're feeling um all the time and get support
0: i agree mm. thank you that's the end of my (laughs) questions thank you for being so open and honest
1: oh i i I, it's an absolute honor i think what you're doing is fabulous and and it's so so important so important um yeah so it has been an honor and as you know i'm always open and honest (laughs) good
0: good that's what we like Well, thank you to you, Becky, and thank you to our listeners. If you want to find out more about cervical screening awareness and read lots of stories from lovely ladies about their experience of going for cervical screening, then please follow my Instagram page, at fears underscore about underscore spheres. And thanks for taking your time today. There'll be more next week with more guests. But thank you for today, Becky. Thank you.